0: blog talk radio welcome world welcome once again to tuesday talk with Key west Liu. i am your host lewis Petron. hello hello again big week donald trump makes the news all the time my god you see him over there in london he's like royalty he loves that pomp and circumstance uh, we're going to go to a few places tonight, some of which he will have visited already. We're going to be in London, Washington, China, Mexico, Mexico City, the East, Venezuela, Philippines, Italy, and Southeast Florida. So let's get into the London visit. This was a state visit. Uh, it's a big deal. Last time a United States president once went was Obama, and previous to him, I think it was George II, and they're the only three that ever have been invited for a state visit a lot of pomp and circumstance again did you see them they're they're lovely that banquet last night that the queen threw what a party huge did you notice no one smiles no one ever smiles i can't believe it no one smiles when they're doing all these things but anyhow it's very nice it's very refreshing let me give you my comments suppose i was coming to dinner at your house tonight you invited me And at the last minute, I call you and I say, do you mind if I bring my four children? Well, you hadn't planned on my four children. And it's an inconvenience, et cetera. But what are you going to say? You're going to say, of course not, no problem. Well, let me tell you what Donald did. Did you see his whole family's there? His what? Two sons, two daughters. Everybody's there. Son-in-law Jared is there. uh, I forget who else he brought with the family. As I understand it, you see, these, these steak dinners are planned from a year in advance. Uh, Trump only had somebody call last month to say, do might if I bring the children? <laughs> what are they going to say? And that screwed everything up and they had to move their asses in England, rearrange the tables, how are they going to get around in the cards and everything. Uh, I thought it was wrong to bring his children, whether it was inviting them light or they were invited even at the beginning. Uh, he's starting to become a monarch. I've never said this before, but people keep saying it. He's becoming more and more a monarch. He is King Donald the first. And he acts that way. Uh, And why shouldn't he bring his children? And I I saw his kids, you saw his kids, standing with other dignitaries uh, on a balcony two or three stories up. And what a thrill that must have been in front of thousands of people. But... uh, he doesn't belong there. He's the president of the United States. He's not the king of the United States. He, he should be there with his wife, period. Not the whole family. You don't do this, but he did it. That's number one I disapproved of. Uh, no fun at the dinner last night, but it was, very, it was beautiful to watch, and I'm sure the food was terrific. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand Trump. Every time he speaks, even in a strange country, understand, he's the invited guest on the highest level to a state dinner in London. He sits next to the Queen of England or the Queen of Great Britain, United Kingdom, whatever it is. But every time he gets up to speak, whether it was at the dinner or it was at the – when they took questions from the press following today, uh, his – his meeting with prime minister may who he hates and she hates him but they they did kumbaya they were friends which you got, which you have to do i guess but every time he speaks he's threatening people uh he's saying bad things about everybody and makes you they're going to have to pay the money to all those countries from nato even though we're going to be together at the meeting this week g20 and things like that or he did he's He didn't like the mayor, or he liked the mayor of London. He didn't like this person for the next prime minister. It's none of his business stay out of it, not publicly. You don't talk about it. You are a guest in someone else's country, and you're there to enjoy yourself, do some important talking, and that's it. You notice he goes to more and more of these things. He isn't even playing golf as much, I don't think, anymore, because every weekend he's someplace else. And he's not going home after this trip. He's got a G20 someplace else in Europe uh, meeting, which is going to be interesting. Anyhow, don't think you should have taken the kids. Don't think you should talk like a bull- bully all the time. Uh, he's a tough guy. And if you don't do what he wants, he's going to knock you on your ass. It's going to be my way or the highway. He is like a mafiosa figure, no question about it. Now, he even brings up poor Mexico in this whole thing. You know what he's doing with Mexico. He told them a few days ago that uh, he's going to go into a tariff war with uh, Mexico. Understand, first of all, Mexico is our greatest trading partner. And we are Mexico's greatest trading partner. Why are we screwing around with each other? We're supposed to be friends. Well, he doesn't like the fact that they're not keeping the immigrants or the migrants out of our country, stopping them at the border, getting rid of them there. We shouldn't be involved. They're coming through Mexico, your country. So he's punishing them. He's punishing them. He's judge, jury, and prosecutor. They are guilty. They are punished. And he says, by June 10th, I'm going to raise your tariffs and everything, 5%. And then 5% a month until we reach 25%. You're going to learn. And then he says, what he always says when he does these things, Mexico has been taking advantage of us for years, but no more we're going to let them do it. What the hell did Mexico ever do to us? All right. And they're our friend. They're on our border. They're a country that protects us from someone else. Uh, I don't understand what he's doing. We've got a group of delegations coming in from Mexico to talk tomorrow in Washington to Trump's people. It sounded to me the Mexicans think it can be resolved. It sounds to me that no matter what is offered tomorrow, he's not going to resolve the problem. He wants to have another tariff war. He wants another one. He loves tariff wars. He still believes that tariff wars hurt the people that you declared on. He doesn't understand. It hurts the American people. It's like an additional tax that gets put on the cost of whatever they're buying. He doesn't understand, and some of his cabinet people don't understand either, or they're lying just to please him. They don't want to offend the man. Uh, can't do these things. It I just, this guy's terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, he flexes his muscles all the time, showing off to the world what a tough guy he is. And when he does something like this, Uh, Like, uh, he's threatening Mexico now. and He also threatened G20 countries in his speech last night uh, at the state dinner. Uh, You know, he feels good when he does this. He thinks he accomplished something. Last night I was thinking about what I'm going to say tonight. And uh, little Jack Horner came to me. You know, little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his pumpkin pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum. And said, oh, what a good boy am I. Well, that's Donald Trump. It's always, oh, what a good boy am I. Let's go on. I want to talk about uh, Robert Mueller tonight, please. Robert Mueller. I may offend some of you. I'm very unhappy with Mueller. Uh, he didn't do his job. He didn't complete his job. Let me put it that way. Uh Mueller, I I knew very little about him when he was appointed. He was an FBI director, I think, for 12 years. Supposed to be one of the most honest men in the world. uh, By the book. And that's okay. We want people like that, especially working in justice. But he was appointed a special investigator. He should have come to a conclusion. Not just say, these 10 or 11 things are questionable uh, when it's He he didn't say, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is indictable, that would be indictable, even though he says we can't indict the president. Well, there's been an opinion out there written uh, in the FBI that a sitting president cannot uh, be indicted while he is in office. It's not a law. It's been on the books 40 years. It's not a law. It's an opinion. No one's tested it. I can't believe it would hold up if it was tested in court. No one is above the law. All right? If I'm visiting Donald Trump and we're talking and we don't agree with each other and he gets pissed off at me, opens his drawer, pulls out a gun and shoots me in the head, he can't be arrested? No person is above the law. That's how this country operates. Well, Mueller didn't finish his job. He didn't say he, he has committed an impeachable crime. No, it's a high felony or a misdemeanor. He didn't say that. He just said these things are open. And he, in effect, was saying, Congress, you decide if you're going to charge him or not. That is not what he was paid to do. He failed. And he failed. He did what he thought was his job. He's that kind of a guy, apparently. He's by the book. He's yesterday, though. He's yesterday. He's not today. I was shocked when... His report came out, and I have read all 448 pages. I was absolutely shocked that he didn't come to a conclusion on whatever he was doing because uh, he's left us out there. Congress is in limbo. The president's saying nobody's going to obey the subpoenas or anything else. You're not going to have any witnesses. He's getting away with it. You know, Congress, can, the courts can compel, but if the people don't show up, what do you do next? I don't know if there's any power to jail or to find in these situations. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Uh, he just hasn't done it correctly. What more can I say? I'm disappointed. Uh, everyone, we never get any place on this. This was going to be, oh, boy, two years, we're going to get it now. We're going to have the goods. We can impeach him. Sure, we can impeach him, but we don't have the goods yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. want to talk now about China and the tariffs. You don't screw around with an Asian. Face. You know what I mean by face. How you look to the whole world is very important to Asian people. And if you defecate upon them, they're not only going to defecate back, they're going to defecate more. That's the nature of the person or the people you are dealing with. All right. This war with China, this tariff wars, they're going to hurt China. China's hurting from this. We're going to hurt more. <laughs> How many farmers in the Midwest ain't going to vote for Trump next year? Uh, I don't see. He doesn't realize he's, not, he's putting the noose around his neck. He doesn't realize that these farmers uh, can't sell with the, their soybeans, their wheat, their corn from last year. Some of them were lucky to plant this year but won't be able to sell them. They get, fortunately, these things can be saved. Uh, after they're harvested. But in the meantime, they have no cash flow for two years. Banks are foreclosing on farmers because they can't meet the mortgage payments. Banks don't care. Trump is telling the farmers, be patriotic. Many of them said at the beginning, I can be patriotic, I'll do my share. They're getting killed now. Everyone's benefiting. Trump with his mouth, the banks were taking back the property, and the poor farmers getting screwed. Very simple. Sorry to put it that way, but that's the way it is. Now, the Chinese, the Chinese, and let me tell you, purportedly the second strongest nation in the world. If we had to go to war with them, it would be a hell of a war. I don't know if we have the capacity to win. Forget they have more people. They, in the last six years, have been developing their military powers, their naval powers, their army, their air force, their missile powers, while we have been spending money fighting wars in 17 different countries. I read the other day it was 130 at one point last year. Any place where we have an American boot on the ground, we are involved in that country's wars. And uh, he's spending money. Even Obama was wrong here. spending money over there. To fight these little wars where we don't have any business being there, uh, beginning with Iraq, under Bush three, I blame him too, and we don't have the money. We haven't invested the money in our military. Trump says, all oh, I'm going to do it now. He's got the biggest budget ever, but... <laughs> How they run this, this this Department of Defense, I don't know. There's something like $300 million or $300 billion. I forget what the number is. It's one or the other. Either one is a lot of money. Uh, and I've talked about this before. In fact, I wrote about it a couple of years ago. They did a big audit of the Pentagon. They can't find that money, $300 million or $300 billion. They don't know where it went. How do you do something like this? Lose all that money. And that's the way it goes there. Anyhow. The China People's Daily is the Chinese newspaper, the government's newspaper, the Chinese People's Daily. Uh, And they wrote last week, and I quote, don't say we didn't warn you. That was the message to the United States, quote, don't say we didn't warn you. Now, what does that mean? To me, that means you keep this stuff up. We're going to come over and kick you in the ass. They've only used this language twice. Uh, The article suggested that China was conveying a message. They used it the first time in 1962 before the China border war with India. Don't say we didn't warn you. They said that before that war. And they did it again in 1979 ahead of the China-Vietnam War. Don't say we didn't warn you. And now, for the third time ever, they say it to the United States. We should not put our tail between our legs. We should not be afraid. But we should not be in a tariff war. Uh, tariff wars are no good for anyone in the final analysis. And they can lead to wars, shooting wars. Uh, so that's the story. And China's digging in. I don't see a fast resolution here. No, Mexico, 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 Mexico. Trump wants to <laughs> – he's going to go to, to a tariff war with Mexico. Why the hell is he going into a tariff war with Mexico? What a joke. He forgets, number one, that China's greatest, biggest trading partner is the United States. He forgets that the United States' largest, biggest trading partner is Mexico. We need each other. We're kumbaya for years. He says, well, they're not doing their job. That's the first thing he says. They're not keeping those immigrants out of their country and therefore out of our country. They've got to do something so that we, we don't have all these border problems. And he also says, Mexico's been getting away with murder all these years. Like they've been screwing us financially. He said the same thing about Canada. He says the same thing about China. China has though. But he, every country he goes after, he says, and they've been screwing us economically. We're gonna, I just want everything fair. I only want a fair playing field. So that's number one. The Chinese are warning us. And I take it seriously. I do take it seriously. Uh, Now, he's also aggravated. This I find very interesting. He has aggravated uh, the Republicans. I don't believe it. This is the first time in the almost two years or year and a half, whatever it's been, he's been president, that his party has said something against him, all right? Several, more than several Republican senators have gone before the, the press today and said there's a problem here. We do not approve of tariff war with Mexico, especially those states who do a lot of business with Mexico, okay? there's are states like Texas. Texas is black-hearted Republican. They're saying, Mr. President, you can't do this. You can't do it because we do a lot of business in Texas with Mexico. You're going to hurt us. That's just one example. And so it seems to be a little rebellion here. It's going to be interesting how this thing develops. Uh, Mexico is coming to a meeting tomorrow in Washington with a delegation to resolve the problem. I hope Trump does. They'll give up some concession and the problem will be over. He forces people to make concessions, bullshit concessions. Do you follow me? So he can say... They were screwing us, folks, but I took care of you, and I took care of our country. I resolved the problem. Look what I made him do, which doesn't amount to a hell of a beans, but he makes it look like a big deal. If they don't resolve it, he's got trouble within his own party, which is good. Staying with Mexico, I go to Mexico City. Ten years ago, ten years ago, it's amazing I remember this, ten years ago, I wrote a lengthy newspaper piece, article for the newspaper, about Berlin. The title, as I recall, was Berlin, the Sex Capital of the World. Everyone thought that Thailand was the sex capital of the world, was it Bangkok or whatever it is over there? And, but no, it had changed. And the reason it had changed in Germany uh, was because they decriminalized prostitution sex work. They decriminalized it. It was no longer a crime for a girl to sell her body, to rent her body. Uh, It just was not a problem. It was not a problem to employ a woman to sell or rent her body and put her on your payroll. And I'll tell you why they did it. The Germans wanted, they needed more tax money. Now that prostitution is no longer a crime, it's a legitimate business, it can be taxed. And, boy, from the federal government down to the smallest village, the law that said prostitution was not a crime also gave the power of each governing entity, the government, the state, the city, the municipality, the county, whatever they have over there, the villages, to impose a tax on the proceeds of prostitution. I'm going to get to Mexico and prostitution in a moment. It all ties in. Well... Now you've got all these girls in Europe, uh, some prostitutes already, some not, but they're in the Eastern Europe countries or in the Baltic countries, and they say, oh, my God, and the prostitutes in Germany were making a lot of money even before this law was passed. Now they're going to make more money. I'm going over and get my piece of the action. So all these girls came over and ladies from the other countries, and they went to work as prostitutes, not a crime. What's the law supply and demand? Because now you've got a big supply of prostitutes, and the demand is not great enough to satisfy them all. So now what went for $100 was going for $50, then $25. There were street hookers over there, street prostitutes, but most of them, the, the people who ran this as a business, were buying apartment buildings, six, ten floors. Every apartment was a place for prostitution. Companies would run a whole building, and when things got tough, they gave discounts. This was uh, golfer's day, senior citizen's day, senior citizen's day, from noon to 8 o'clock in the evening. I know all this because I wrote the article. It's all coming back to me. And uh, you could have all you wanted to drink, food they had for you to eat from 12 to 8, And you could have as many girls as you wanted from 12 to 8 for one simple price, and it wasn't expensive. That's how bad things got. They also said when they passed the law in Germany, this is going to help the prostitutes because now they're going to have health plans, pension plans. They can unionize. Well, none of that's happened (laughs) because the prostitutes aren't making any money over there. So now let's come to Mexico. And I'm talking specifically about Mexico City, who just this past week decriminalized sex work. Sex work's no longer a crime. And they did it very simply in in the law. The law reads now that people have a right to engage in sex work. People have a right to engage in sex work. They haven't put any of the details in uh, what you can do and where and so forth, like Germany did. So this thing's still open and it's going to, cause problems besides the problems I've indicated. Uh, there's nothing here to protect the workers like there was in Germany, but, and that isn't working. Anyhow, the Mexi- you have to understand this about Mexico, and I didn't know this until I got into it with Mexico City. Mexico has prostitution on a legal basis in many, many parts of the country and in many cities. It's like Las Vegas, I guess. There are Places where prostitution, not Las Vegas, but the county, there are a lot of places in Mexico where prostitution is already legal. The reason Mexico City did it, and there's always an excuse, there's always a reason, even though it may not be legitimate, is they want to stop sex trafficking. They're saying that thousands of women and thousands of children every year are being captured in Mexico City. You And they're being taken out of the country, sent to Europe and Asia to be used for purposes of sex. And they've got to put a stop to sex trafficking. I really don't think that is the reason. uh, But that's the reason they have given. So, Mexico City, sex is okay. Recession. I predicted two years ago we were going to be bankrupt by the end of last year. Or the beginning of this year. I was wrong. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I saw it coming. I couldn't believe we could hold up uh, because not everything is for real today. The market's good. The market's good. But the market doesn't reflect how people are living and what their cash flows are in this country. It's the 1% to 10% thing. Yet there are people now more knowledgeable than me. I'm a history major, all right? There are economists, big-time economists. And they're saying there are clues out there that a recession is imminent this year by the end or early next year. And this is what they base it on, different industries. I'm going to take just the automobile industry as an example. Did you know that in the last six months, there had been 38,000 people laid off who were working in the auto industry in the United States? 38,000 layoffs. Uh, Also, it has been predicted the car sales, vehicle sales, motor vehicle sales in the United States have peaked. They're on the downhill slide now, and it will be years before they come back to wait where they were. Right. Autos this year will decline in sales. It is projected by 3%. That's a big number. And they will continue declining in greater percentages in subsequent years. And what's happening, or why is all this happening? By the way, this was all in the Wall, report in the Wall Street uh, Journal recently, last week. Uh, reason is, people will not be buying cars as much. They will not be buying as many new cars, uh, good-use cars is one of the reasons. But the primary reason is, people won't need a personal automobile to own or buy a personal automobile. They're, we're going to have Ubers. We're going to have driverless taxis, Uh, all these kind of things where we don't need to have our own car. It's going to be so easy to get around, and they believe this will decrease significantly the need for people to buy automobiles. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's right, but that's what the Wall Street Journal said this past week. Amazing, 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 amazing. Oh, I want to get into a hospital thing. I've got two medical things. I hope I can get them in. I'm going to talk a little fast. They're interesting. San Diego Hospital, a premature baby was born. Now, baby, you have to carry 40 weeks for a normal birth. This baby was 20 weeks, three days old in the fetus. The fetus is in the mother's womb, rather. 20 weeks, 3 days, and the mother delivers a preemie. The preemie, this little girl, weighed 8.6 ounces, not even one pound. She was described as being the size of an apple, could be held in the palm of a doctor's hand. Uh, Well, they did a good job. At the end of May, the baby was released from the hospital. weighs 5 pounds, normal, healthy, everything going good. So all I'm saying is medical science is absolutely amazing what they can do. And also, you're really going to be impressed with the next one. This involves a child in the womb. Uh, This involves a fetus. Uh, Many of you have heard of spinal bifida, and it's a situation where it's injury to the spine. The spine is open, and the spinal cord and backbone have been closed. And doctors today with their tests can determine this when the mother is still pregnant and several months before the baby's going to be born. This is a problem. Some of these babies are born dead. Some don't have a good life. All of them can't walk. If you're born with the FETA, your legs are not mobile from the knee down. Well, hospital in Pittsburgh said, let's give this a shot. Some doctors have been working on it. And they said, let's operate on this baby while she's in the womb. We won't wait before she's born because they thought that would give the child an edge, and she would be able to walk, etc. And the parent, mother, agreed. And so, at 20 weeks, 20 weeks, the doctors went into the mother's womb and operated on the spine of this little girl when she was 20 weeks into her mother's womb. And because the difference is going to be whether she can walk or not walk. Well, the test came when the baby, the test, the results good or bad, came when the baby came out. Soon as the, mother, the baby came out, it came out kicking, okay? It was pulling its feet up in the air, rattling them around and bending her toes. Her only problem is on her left foot, she can't bend her toes. Who cares? This is marvelous. She she'll be able to walk normally and everything else because the surgery was done in the mother's womb. It's a new area where the doctors are looking into now. Well, that is the show for this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Come back again next week. Tell your friends to listen in. Uh, I, the number I say this every week, but it's true. My numbers are fantastic. I can't believe it on this show. Most of you don't listen to this show on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. The show is archived. You can hear it 24 hours a day for the rest of the time it's on the Internet. And a lot of people read it during the week at any time they want to. They listen to it, rather. And I, I thank them for it, and I'm glad they enjoy it, and I enjoy doing the show. So I'll be back next week, and we'll do another show, which I hope you will enjoy, and you will be here with me to listen to it. Good night.